Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Well, it's great to be home. For those of you um, that don't know me, I'm uh, Richard Perrin, Chief, the Senior Pastor and Founder of Now Church, 31 years ago. And I want to tell you, I have never been prouder in the good way, not, not the bad pride, the good pride. I've never been prouder of our pastors and leaders and our team than I am right now. Give it up for Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Chris, Pastor Tristan, Pastor Kristen. Didn't they do an amazing job? I, I heard you didn't even really want us to come back. They were so good. But anyway, they need somebody to come and just keep them straight. So that's what we do. But all great preaching and uh, Pastor TK blew it up for Mother's Day and just his first time doing Mother's Day is just a big Sunday and just did a great job. Yeah, give it up for Pastor Tristan Kennedy. <clears throat> and what about Pastor Genia? Did you like Pastor Genia? Some of you newer folks didn't know Pastor Genia, but you know why we love him now, right? We call him our own Dr. Gru. You know, he's got his own accent, his own way, but we love him. He's got great insights. It's exciting. Uh, also, VIPs are all over the house right now, but specifically, my buddy Russell Stewart is here from Jamaica. Stand up, Russell. There's my buddy Russell right there. <clears throat> he and his family are missionaries to Jamaica. And he, he found me here before church and gave me the biggest hug. And I just love that guy over there. Russell Stewart. Remember that name. He's going to be famous one day. Amen. Anyway, I'm beginning a new theme. But as I do, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about some people asking about the vacation. Uh, wow. Sometimes you don't know how much you need a vacation until you actually get on vacation. You ever been so hungry that you lose your appetite? That's kind of the way it is sometimes when you don't have a vacation enough. You kind of don't realize it. It took me, I don't know, a week or 10 days just to kind of unwrap and unwind from the season we've been in. And I'll talk about that in a bit. But I made a crucial mistake and I want to repent before heaven and earth. I thought that because I had so much cake for my birthday in the middle of April, I planned, I, I set out to do a low carb thing during vacation. <clears throat> you know, you ever heard the expression about in good intentions, you know, the, the road to, yeah. Anyway, so the first week I'm trying to not eat carbs, unwind and enjoy vacation. And it took my wife to kind of say, you know, that might not have been a great idea. And I said, yeah, but I lost six and a half pounds. She said, it doesn't matter. You're not happy. So to us, listen, to many friends we've vacationed with over the years, food on a vacation to some people is an interruption. To our family, it is a highlight. So what, what we did, so I just said, I, I told her, I said, I, I was wrong. God, would you give me a do-over, please, sometime this summer? And I just said to her, what would you like to do? And so what we did was we went and found stuff on TripAdvisor and Google. We found little mom-and-pop restaurants 
all over Central Florida that we'd never heard of. And we went to them and we batted almost a thousand percent. I mean, we had, we found a French restaurant down in Winter Garden that is, oh my gosh. Across the street from that is a New York deli with real New York stuff. They ship in the bagel dough and make real New York bagels in Winter Garden. Wow. We found a German restaurant in De Leon Springs. We end up there about once a week. <laughs> anyway, it was unbelievable. So anyway, forgive me if I'm a full gospel preacher this month. But, but I, I, I would just say as your pastor, you may have the will of, of iron, but when you go on vacation, just relax a little bit. Let yourself enjoy your vacation. And all God's people said, amen. Yeah, so anyway, I'm not uh, giving you permission for gluttony. I'm just saying, look, enjoy a little bit and find the good stuff of life. So I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Today, uh, we begin a brand new theme for this month. I love it. It's called Arrows in the Hand of War. This is from a scripture. I'm gonna read the scripture. We're gonna use it all month. I'm not really teaching or talking about the scripture. They just, I'm kind of giving you an overview of June and the summer, what I sense in my spirit. Psalm 127 verse three says this, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. How many believe children are a blessing? How many believe your children and grandchildren are some of your greatest blessing? The fruit of the womb is a reward. Now that's not the same as fruit of the womb. That's different. Fruit of the womb is a reward. Here it is. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And we're going to go there this month. This is going to be, you're going you're to love it. Happy is the man or the person who has his quiver full of children. They shall not be ashamed. They shall speak, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Now I want to give you a couple, going to weave in a little bit from Acts and Romans here. And then we're going to go get, uh, kind of take you where we're going to go. Acts 1 of 8, 1, 8, many of you already have memorized, but Jesus said to the disciples after the resurrection, before the ascension, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. We just sang about the wind of God, the wind of the spirit, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. That phrase, one accord in one place, I'll talk about it in a little bit. But the literal text says, they were together together, alike, alike. They were like-minded. They were in unity and agreement. They were of one heart and one soul. Finally, Romans 12, 2 from the Amplified says this, do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to this world, <clears throat> this age, fashioned, after and adapted to its external superficial customs, 
but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray together one more time. Father God, would you open the eyes of our heart? Precious Jesus, you are the living word. Holy Spirit, illuminate the word to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. If I had a subtitle for today, <clears throat> I would call today Cocoons and Catalysts. Some of you remember the movie Cocoon from the 80s. It was about a group of elderly people, which seemed really old to me at the time. But no longer seem old. And in the movie, they find this cocoon in, a, in somebody's swimming pool. Something has fallen from heaven. And when they get in the pool to check it out, they find it's the fountain of youth. And they are transformed, even though their bodies are still the same, their energy is different. The way they feel about life and themselves is different. And they're changed. How many glad summer is here? Do we have any teachers or administrators in the house? You know what I'm talking about as far as recuperation, you know, that unwinding feeling. Are, they, are the teachers unwound yet? I know it's a, you've only been out for a few days, but uh, my parents were both teachers. I kind of know what this feels like by being raised by teachers. When they start to get out from school, you can't believe who's the student and who's the teacher. That's the thing. Because teachers are ready for summer. Say amen. amen. Summer is here. <clears throat> Many people get so excited to go outside, to get outside now and make up for lost time getting back to our lives, our living our lives post-pandemic. Doesn't that sound good to say post-pandemic? Post-pandemic. First of all, I think we need to do today, we promised God that if he would cover us and get us through that coronavirus season, protect us and heal us, and cause us to begin to realize some of the things we lost, we promised him the glory. Would you fulfill your promise and get up on your feet for a moment? Would, we, would you put your hands together and honor God for his faithfulness in one of the world's worst moments? in your lifetime and mine. <clears throat> Father, get up in your living rooms if you're at home. God, we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Our deliverer, your word is true. You didn't fail us. You provided. You protected. And we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, this is for you. You did it. Dr. Fauci didn't do it. You did it. We give you praise. Oh, doesn't that feel good? You were created to give him thanks. You can take your seats. 
You were created to give him thanks. And I just felt like we just needed a moment to say, God, okay, this, this might have been a gradual process here, but you did it. You did it, and you're still doing it. And we praise God for that. As I said earlier in my remarks, getting away for a couple of weeks is essential to check out and recalibrate some things. And I feel to kind of share with you a little bit. Um, a few weeks ago, maybe back in March, I just said, you know, I think that the world, as I look at it, has, has, has experienced like PTSD. Um, we use the terminology sometimes PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, we use it a lot about returning soldiers from Afghanistan and the Middle East. But as I got to unwind a little bit, I told my wife about the second week of our vacation. I said, I think that God has just opened my eyes. I, I, I think I've been through some PTSD. I was recognizing it in the body. I was recognizing it in the world, but I didn't recognize it in me till I pulled back for a minute and got out of the, the wheel, you know? And I had this, uh, and I said to my wife, <clears throat> I said, I don't know the answer, but I realized I'd been personally traumatized from 2020 from the pandemic, the murder of George Floyd, the unrest and extreme aftermath, the whole political climate and process, the election season, the deep disappointments of our special anniversaries we didn't get to celebrate last year, our 30th of the church and the 40th of our marriage, as well as other painful situations that I can't even tell you about. The great thing is I, I, there's a word in the Bible It's one of those compound words. It's the word nevertheless. It means in spite of all that, something good happened or God showed up. And I think we've all been through it to a point, but I, it, took, it took me a bit to realize it of myself. <clears throat> PTSD, disorder, after trauma. So what do you do? I just, I kept, I had my devotions. We prayed for you. Went to the beach. Lather, rinse, repeat. If the beach was too crowded, we went to the little community pool where we stayed. So we had time in the sun. She tans, I spray. And read. Most of you, if you've been here for a while, you know I like to read like biographies or books. You know, I, I, don't, I try not to read spiritual books on vacation, on my big vacation. <clears throat> so I read two books. <clears throat> Pardon me, getting, my voice is getting used to speaking again. I read Kathy Lee Gifford's new book that my family got me for Christmas. It's about reinventing as you get older. Finding 
God's Power and Grace in Every Season. Great book, by the way. I forget what it's called. Great book. It's like it's never too late, something like that. My dad loaned me or gave me a book, Matthew McConaughey's autobiography called Green Lights. It's crazy. I found it to be all right, all right, all right. But, it, but don't read that one unless you are ready for PG-13 or PG-23 anyway. <clears throat> but anyway, reading those books, though, I found myself <clears throat> just really, it was really interesting. And I, and, and I just started to see God's healing work starting in me in my morning devotions and just day to day. So what do you do when you have disorder after trauma? How do you process it in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions? It's possible to be spiritually strong and to be disordered in your mind, will, emotions, and imagination. It's possible to be that. So don't think that you're immune. And the enemy knows what your perfect storm is. If you weren't traumatized by this past year, man, props to you. We give you hugs. We honor you. If you made it through unscathed in your soul, wow, that's amazing. That doesn't mean there won't be something around the corner that tries to hit you with the kitchen sink. So this past week, as we're preparing to re-enter life, I began to seek God afresh. There's a difference between daily devotions and a real leaning in, what Pastor Lindsay said earlier, leaning into God. <clears throat> so I began leaning in last Monday. And, okay, God, what's next? And during the week, we were sitting at the pool one day this past week, and my wife said, oh, wow, here's an interesting article. And it was like, wow. It was an article by Dr. Daniel G. Amen, which I like his last name, (laughs) who said that about 10% of people who experience trauma actually become stronger post-trauma than they were going in. It's a phenomenon called PTG, post-traumatic growth. 10%. of PTSD, disorder. 10% order, new order. It's marked by, and I'll share these a little bit more in depth, but it's marked by a deepened spiritual life, new appreciation for life, vision for new possibilities, and vision for positive change. I'll go those a little bit one at a time. Basically, in order to be part of the 10% who increase after seasons of pain or stress, number one, 
Start by leaning into relationship with God. Leaning in, not checking out. Listen, you could be sitting here today or watching right now online and you could be getting a light bulb moment and God is starting to meet you where you are and somebody else is looking at their phone, hearing the same words you're hearing and not getting a thing. Leaning in is about paying attention. It's about focus. It's about... It's about Pastor Lindsay calls all the time intentionality. It's being intentional. So I want to say this. Vacation alone is not enough. Vacation was the beginning of my process. But it wasn't the end. Getting away from work and, and what other people are going through around you is good. And I will say this. Part of my therapy was... Forgive me if I don't know what happened to you on your social media, but I just pulled away and didn't hardly read it because I had to get better for myself. You understand? I had to, I had to get better. I had to get better for me. So to carry you for that month, these people, these guys, these leaders, these great men and women of God we have around us said, Pastor, we're going to hold up your hands by holding up the body's hands. Go, just go. So we did. I love Psalm 60, verse 11, said this. Give us help from trouble, O God, for the help of man is useless. Through God, we will do valiantly. For it is he who shall tread down our enemies. Some of you might remember a few years ago, I had a, I, I shared with you something God had really ministered to me out of an article by A.W. Tozier, <clears throat> a great man of God from the past century, who said this, the most important thing about you is what comes to mind when you think about God. Quote, He said the most portentous fact about any person, any man or woman, is not what he or she at any given time may say or do, but what he or she in their hearts, their deep heart conceives God to be like. Were we able to extract from any man a complete answer to the question, what comes to your mind when you think about God, we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that man. In other words, how you think about God will determine what you become. He said, you aren't just a byproduct of nature and nurture. You are a byproduct of your God picture. And that internal picture of God determines how you see everything else. Most of our problems, he adds, are not circumstantial. Most of our problems are perceptual. Our biggest problems can be traced back to an inadequate understanding of who God is. Our problems seem really big because our God seems really small. I hope you're getting that. In fact, he said, we reduce God to the size of our biggest problem. The Tozer quote finishes with this. He said, a low view of God is the cause of a hundred lesser evils. But a person with a high view of God is relieved of 10,000 temporal problems. 
If you're stuck right now, I invite you to ask God for a new look at him. And that's what we're talking about this month. Arrows in the hands of a warrior. Deep in your heart, do you see God as a loving, nurturing, and present father? Or Santa Claus, where you give your list once a year and expect them to drop off prayer answers? Or do you see him as the man upstairs? See, the problem with your view, if you see God as the man upstairs, is the man upstairs is only good to stick his head out the window once in a while when you're being loud or tap on the floor. The man upstairs doesn't want you to be noisy. The man upstairs wants you off his lawn. And yet people have this view of God. This month we're focusing on him for Father's Day. The whole month. The fatherhood of God. Number two, focus your heart on what you have, not what you lost. Praise has to be expressed. I love Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Most of you know this by heart. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. You've, how did it feel to stand up a few minutes ago and say, God, 15, 16 months ago, year and a half ago, we were entering a time of darkness in this world that the world has never seen. And we didn't know we would be here or not. We know how we'd pay our bills keep the lights on, feed the family, protect ourselves from a fatal disease. But has he been faithful? Then you got to remind every day that you know that. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word guard there is a Greek word that means garrison to station military troops around. God says when you focus on thanksgiving, thankfulness, a grateful heart, and you're pressing into him in prayer and supplication, he will send guards, a troop of military troops, a bunch of soldiers in the spirit around your heart to keep you at peace but you got to open your mouth and give thanks. Praise isn't, ex isn't praise until it's expressed. <clears throat> a praise thought is a nice thought, but it's not praise. Can God read your mind? Yes. But the Bible says, out of your mouth, out of your mouth, you release the words of your grace and your gratitude. Sing it strong. Write it boldly. Say it loud express your praise. Number three, prioritize the word in prayer. <clears throat> this month to me, I'm doing this one year, read the Bible through in one year, and I didn't miss a day, even on vacation. Didn't miss a day. Praise God. By the grace of God, didn't miss a day. Didn't miss a day. Just awesome. It just, it did something every day for me to hear it. I, I have it where I, the, 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 the writer of it is the pastor, uh, Nicky Gumbel from England, and I love his accent anyway. So I push on there and he reads to me his portion. And then I have the message Bible for the rest of it. And that reads it to you as well. So I can look at it and read it at the same time. But just sometimes we take the basics for granted. 
and we forget the basics. Word and prayer. I traveled with Pastor Benny Hinn for years and many people would come up and say, I feel like I have a healing ministry. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? He'd say, pray and read your Bible. Well, that's not an answer if you're looking for a, you know, magic wand or a blink or a wiggle the nose or some kind of thing. If you're looking for some kind of instantaneous deal, somebody telling you to pray and read your Bible every day doesn't seem like a prophetic word, but it was. It's about what you do every day. How long will you go during this hot summer without taking a bath or shower? If your answer is more than a day in a Florida summer, then you should leave the buzz earlier than the rest of us (laughs) after church. Yet the Bible describes in Ephesians 5.26 about Jesus and his bride, and it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. When you get into your devotions, you get into the Bible, you're bathing, you're bathing your soul, you're bathing, you're washing those hidden areas that nobody else wants to deal with later. You don't want to stink. I have a stinking soul. What soap and water does for your body, the study of the Bible does for your spirit and your soul. What do we learn from the pandemic? Wash your hands, don't touch your face. Wash your hands, wash your hands. Number four, I'm almost done. Take time to sit quietly in God's presence. This is the missing link for me at times when I'm busy and I'm doing the work of ministry and I'm doing my devotions, but there's something about sitting in solitude for a few minutes. I'm not talking about isolationism for days, weeks, or months. I'm just talking about a little bit of time out every day, not falling asleep, not giving God your prayer requests, just being with God, reflection and solitude. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says this, for thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. And the word saved is the Hebrew word yasa, pronounced yasha. It means liberated, set free from all the stuff that's been binding you up and holding you captive. In returning and rest, you shall be yasha, liberated, set free. Listen to this. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Here's the hard part. But you would not. But you would not what? You wouldn't just sit down in the presence of El Shaddai and abide under the shadow of the Almighty and not be asking for stuff. Just to be in his presence. Just to sit in quiet and confidence. Your strength will be renewed if you choose. 
Find that fresh vision in that presence. For the next season of your life, as revealed by the Holy Spirit, find, okay, what's next? So as we kick off our summer of, what I'm terming the summer of recovery, because I feel like the world is coming out of this, but the church of Jesus is supposed to lead the way. They shall lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Recovery is a process. It's not an instantaneous. Recovery is a process. This is a summer of recovery, what I, what I feel like God is saying to me about now, church. <clears throat> Taking back our strength. Post-traumatic growth will not happen by coasting downhill, but by pedaling like crazy. We've got to be willing to change. Again, be not conformed, but be transformed. The word transformed is the Greek word metamorpho. Metamorpho. It means to be changed in form or literally transfigured like Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John. He took on another form. He was transformed. He was transfigured before their eyes. Not just to show them what he could do, but to show them what he was going to do in them and in you and in me. We, we have the word today, if you see a, a photograph of somebody and they can show them young and then getting older, we call it morphing. <clears throat> You're morphing. Metamorpho. Cocoons and catalysts. Our God is the God of rebirth. You must be born again. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, when they said, hey, what's the sign of your coming? What's the sign of the end? What about this? What about that? Jesus said, calm down, guys. It's not for you. You're getting ahead of yourself. Wait for the promise of the Father. Because not many days from now, the Holy Spirit is going to not just, boop, come and tap you on the head and visit you. Boop. Boop. Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and come inside of you and dwell in you. Holy Spirit is going to come. So <clears throat> Jesus said, wait, but I need you to do something. Go and wait together. Gather together. Cocoon together. Metamorphosis doesn't take place without cocoon in butterflies. In fact, can you put that picture up? We got a picture. Look at this. So this is the different stages of a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. When it goes into the cocoon, it, it changes form immediately and becomes a pupa, which is a funny word if you're seven. <clears throat> Caterpillar, larva, pupa, these forms are called chrysalis. Not giving the science lesson for the science teachers in the room, not taking you back to school, okay? You wouldn't say, by the time you get to here, 
Isn't that a nice butterfly? I mean, isn't that a nice cocoon with wings or a nice caterpillar with wings? Isn't that one of those flying caterpillars? No, why? Because he's been changed. By the way, it's my first time seeing the LED wall. I've only seen it on TV for like four weeks. You have no idea the price that's been paid spiritually for our team to get this LED wall. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that awesome? We're one of the first mid-sized churches to have that LED wall <clears throat> in the whole country. Anyway, sorry, I, 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 I was beside myself there for a moment. This is one creature. This is a completely different creature. Okay, that's my point. What does the word say about you? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, what he used to be, has passed away. All things become new. How does it happen? Metamorphosis. How does that happen? By not being conned, formed, by what the world is telling you is right. Love what Pastor Chris talked about last week. Being honest about it. truth is truth. And it is important. But this is a completely new animal. My friends, someone once said the only thing that is constant is change. This is a summer of recovery. This is a summer where if you're going to be a monarch or a moth, is going to be determined. Will you take steps of obedience to cocoon with God? To regather. I mean, the, the cocoon couldn't, the, the caterpillar can't send in, he, could, he can't be transformed by tuning in online. Nothing, we love you, we're glad you're watching. But if you're sitting home because you've gotten lazy on your big blessed assurance, if you're sitting home and you could be here and you're only sitting home for no good reason other than you become lazy, you're not, you're not able to be changed, to be transformed into that presence that you don't esteem. Can you be better? Sure, you can be better. Transformation is a process, and cocoon is a sacrifice. You have the choice right now as to how you want to change. You can get the stamp, the imprint, and the image of the world, or you can get the stamp, the imprint, and the image of Christ. Just before Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was still leading them from outside. There was disorder in the early church. And then the Holy Spirit said, hey, <clears throat> remember Judas is out. We need that next guy up that I've chosen to fulfill that position of the 12. And then 
something can happen. I, God gives you a catalyst. The cocoon was the 10 days of prayer in the upper room. The catalyst was the obedience. Wait a minute, we're out of order here. Our theme last month, get in the game. I want to say this. There's still an opening for Pentecost. Who will step up? Who will respond to the call of God, to the leadership of God to get in that place? Because then when they were all with one accord in one place, together, together, alike, alike, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. On this rock, I will build my church. The word church is ecclesia. The gathering together of called out ones to action. It is the, the very first part of it is gathering together. Gathering together. Why was it so detrimental for the churches all over the world not to gather together? Because the church that's not gathered isn't the church. It's a bunch of casual Christian observers looking into something but not being transformed by it. In one accord, they heard a sound from heaven. In one place, in agreement, spiritual power fell. My friends, we need God to move in revival. This summer will help determine how we come out of this ugly worldwide pandemic as beautiful butterflies or ugly moths. But you've got to be the change you want to see in the world. You've got to be the change first. You can't just... Have the change. You've got to be the change. So I announced to you tonight that this Wednesday night, our Facebook Live will be our final online Wednesday night service for a while, for a season at least. For this summer, it's going to take a little sacrifice. This Wednesday night, I'll explain more about it if you'll tune into that. But a week from Wednesday, we begin... Bible study, and not just any old Bible study. I had a friend of mine ask me, um, now, those of you who've been here for a long time, you know, I'm not a big end time eschatology expert, prophecy, Bible prophecy. I was jaded by that early in my Christianity. And a guy wrote a book in 1988 called The 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Was in 88. And that was a big, big thing across America and around the world. We're still here. So people that said, are you pre-trib, post-trib? I say, I am pan-trib. It's all going to pan out in the end. If Jesus doesn't know, no man knows the day or the hour, then I'm... So my, my philosophy, theology has been, God will show me when I need to know. During the whole trauma of last year, a friend of mine said to me, well, what happens if the election goes a certain this way or the other way? What, what will you do then? I said, well, I may change my theology to be more open to the thought of end times considering this worldwide pandemic and the vaccination and all these things going on. I, I said, I may, I actually may be able, and, he, and my friend, the pastor friend of mine said, you, well, I can't believe you said that. He said, I've got a great book I'm reading that has changed my life and my whole thought about end times. I said, tell me this book. He said, Revelation. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. 
I mean, tell me about a book called The Tipping Point. I'll tell you more about it Wednesday night. I've really been reading this, and it's very balanced. This is not about rapturitis. It's not about escapism. It's a kingdom view. But, my gosh, in our lifetime, folks, did you ever think what we've been through the last 15, 16 months was even possible before it happened? The world's gone nuts. And I think that one of the biggest questions people are asking right now is, <clears throat> what does this mean about end times? So starting a week from Wednesday, I'm gonna just begin a whole teaching for about six weeks. We may go longer. We won't go any shorter. At least six weeks, we're gonna share with you some powerful stuff, try to answer your questions right here in this room. You say, Pastor, will it be recorded? No. Why? Because then you won't come. Well, what if only a few people come? Fine. We're going to empower the remnant who come. And for those who go on vacation, just catch up with us when you get back. Okay? Because we want you to have a vacation. But we want you to lean into God too. The two aren't mutually exclusive. We need God to move. And we need him to move big. We need revival. Hungry for revival. So this month, June, we're going to look at relationship with God as Heavenly Father, from which we receive identity, affirmation, and security, and also spiritual warfare from a whole different perspective. Parents and their children, specifically fathers and their offspring. Family is the place of God's power and authority. That's why the enemy hits marriage and family so hard. And you know he does. Why? Because we are God's arrows. We don't just have weapons. The Bible says we are God's weapons. We're positioning ourselves for PTG, post-traumatic growth. And if we can grow individually and uniquely as a body, then the numeric and all the other growth and the new building, all that will come but let's focus on what's right in front of us, that we need God more than we've ever needed him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Before I close this service, I just want to say this to you. Maybe... Maybe you don't even really realize how much anxiety has been working in your mind or in your body. Can I tell you, anxiety is a really, it's a really, really bad thing physically for you to carry stuff you weren't built to carry. Maybe this is for somebody that's watching online we love you. Glad that you're watching. I'm not trying to be off-putting there. Those of you geographically, we know why you're watching because you can't be here. But I want to say this to you. It's time to recover. It's not just time to stop wearing a mask or wear the mask, don't wear the mask. It doesn't matter to me. It's the fear stuff that we said going in was going to be the problem and it was and it is. By faith, 
Would you trust him today? If you are one of those who maybe can recognize and identify what I said earlier, that you've got some disorder right now that is based on the trauma you've been through. It may not be the pandemic, maybe some you've been through in your own family. Maybe your family's just been through a divorce or an upheaval or bad news from the doctor or lost a loved one. Those are all traumatic things not to be made light of. We wanna be help, we wanna be a help in this church for you to recover, for you to get well, to become whole. And the beginning of that is to really know Jesus, not just about him, but to know him. If you're here today or you're at home right now, would you do something by faith to say, Pastor, I need prayer. Maybe you're saying for the first time, I want to know this Jesus you're talking about. I want to know Jesus. I know, I've known about him or I've heard of him, but I don't know him. I've never really known him in relationship or God as heavenly father through Jesus. Or maybe you've just been so tight. Some of you, your blood pressure is going up or has been. Some of you, your cholesterol has been going up. You're, 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 it's taking a toll on your body. All this stress and all this pressure. Our God is a deliverer, a liberator. If you say, Pastor, I need prayer, would you just lift your hand up right where you are? Just be honest about it. Be honest about it. We're not shaming anybody. I'm the first one. I'm the first one, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person whose hand is raised, every person whose heart is open, and we call on the Lord Jesus Christ as our deliverer, our Messiah, our Savior and our Lord. And we ask you, Father, to cleanse us, wash us, forgive us. And Lord, your word says we can cast all of our care and anxiety and stress upon you because you care for us. Lord, you meet us right where we are. Holy Spirit, would you reveal that healing power in your love in every person who's responding now. Breathe on them, Holy Spirit. Let this summer be their summer of recovery. Their summer of recovery to be well, to be whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you got something today, would you put your hands together and honor him, praise him out loud, thank him. He is the one, he is the author, the finisher of our faith. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.